This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the book of Matthew 7. You'll see just through the introduction of the video where we're going today. I believe God wants to soften all our hearts just in so many areas. And one of the ways he's able to do that is through giving. They said we're going to go to uh, Matthew 7 and we'll go to Luke chapter 6. You know, we're born into this world takers. And when Jesus comes into our hearts, his desire is to make us givers. In every aspect of your life, that's what God wants to do. And so open up your heart to this today. And we believe the scriptures will teach you. You know, the Bible says, preach the word and I'll confirm my word with signs following. So God's going to do that. I welcome you here again today, though. This is part of the vision of the church that... God's called us all to give, just in every area. I'm not just talking monetarily. I'm talking also with your treasures, your times, your talents, your commitments. And so God is going to move here. Um, Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. With the measure that you use, will be measured back to you. He said, man, you read that fast. I did that intentionally. And the goal was this right here is I'm going to read it a lot slower this time. And I want us to get a hold of the word that really Jesus highlights and he emphasizes right here. Read it again with me real slow. Verse verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you now. It's very clear right here that the word that Jesus himself emphasized is being judgmental or critical to the point where I want to put someone else down to make myself look better. And Jesus right here, he becomes very, very clear, and I'm just going to paraphrase this for you. The way you dish it out is the way it's going to come back. Now, this is a a universal law that God put in order. Better said this way, you're going to reap what you sow. And so if I sow with a teaspoon, then I'll receive a teaspoon. If it's a tablespoon, if it's a shovel, or even a front-end loader, Jesus wants to make us very, very aware here today that regardless of what I give, it's going to come back to you in the measure that you gave it. It's important that we understand this. So when I read this verse right here, was there anything mentioned at all in this verse about money? No, thank you. It's not a trick question. I'm not setting you up, okay? No, there was nothing mentioned at all. Now, we're just holding that thought there. I want you to go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 6. Luke 6, and as we go to Luke 6, remember Jesus' points. Number one, uh, he said that, Judge not that you be not judged. And then he ends with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now when we get here to Luke 6, this is the same passage that we just read, just a different author. Luke 6, verse 37 and 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, when you look at what Jesus said right there, whether it is judgmental, being uh, condemning, 
or even being with a person of unforgiveness. It's not easy to do this. This is, uh, the world operates just the opposite as Jesus would here. When Jesus tells us to do these things, I'm not going to be able to achieve that in my own abilities. In other words, the only way this is going to happen is through the Lord Jesus. And the only way the Lord Jesus is going to move and operate in you and me is for me to give my heart to Jesus. That's, that's point A. That the way I get born again, I ask Jesus to come into my heart and live in me and change me. Now think about this. When you get born again, Jesus doesn't do anything with you physically as far as your physical presence. It'd be nice if he did. It'd be nice to have instant weight reduction. Man, I'm going to get born again today. I need to drop about 50 pounds. I'd like to have a full set of hair. I'm going to get born again today. Not only want hair, I want blonde hair. I don't want this gray stuff. But understand this. When you get born again, he comes into my heart. He comes on the inside of me. And he begins to shape me. And he begins to form me. And this is exactly what he's talking about, that Jesus' word right here that he just said in verse 37, this is not achievable through my own abilities. If it would have been achievable through my own abilities, God would have never meant to send his own son or needed to. So we go on, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, we can start in verse 37. He says, judge not that you be not judged. And we end in verse 38 with the same measure you use. It will be measured back to us. So you see right there that in this verse, he adds just a little bit more. Same passage here. But did he mention money in those verses at all? No, not again. But yet, verse 38 is commonly referenced with money in my own life. I've done that before as far as with tithes and offerings. So we break down verse 38. Give is the verb. To give its action. To give, I, I got to do something. Whether it's my time, whether it's my commitment, whether it's monetarily, whether it's my talents. The uh, subject matter of verse 38 is you. Give and it will be given back to you. So we figure out what the subject is. We figure out the, what the verb is. But now we've got to, to decide what the it is. And you know what the it can be? You can give forgiveness. You can give kindness. You can give flowers. And you can even give money in this. But whatever I give, it's going to come back to me is what he's really emphasizing here. So plug into this even spe specifically verse 37 again. You give judgment, you're going to get back judgment. You give condemnation, you're going to get back condemnation. You give forgiveness, you're going to get back forgiveness. So he's telling me right here, the way you want to get it back is the way you got to give it. Now, really, when we look at this, this is literally the law of reaping and sowing. And in God's economy, you'll always get back more than you put in. Proof of that, think about if we had a little apple seed right here. If we put that apple seed in the ground, how would it come back? 
you wouldn't get a apple. Actually, you would get a tree with literally hundreds of apples on it, correct? So you see how the law of reaping and sowing goes. But also I want you to think in this term here. That didn't happen overnight. Sometimes when I plant seed, I can't get in a hurry. I just got to say, it's going to happen. In other words, don't give up on your seed. Think about this one, a kernel of corn. If I put a kernel of corn in the ground, you know what's going to come back? It's going to come back with a stalk. On that stalk will usually be between four and five years. In every year of corn, is somewhere between 350 and 400 kernels. So you're going to get back more, but we jump back to this. Does that ear of corn happen overnight? No. There's a thing called time, and sometimes we just got to keep giving and keep looking up to God. Don't give up on the seeds of God. Keep looking into Him and, and, and seeing what He'll do in your life. Now listen, this verse, verse 38, when He says, Given, it'll be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That can be positive. That can be negative. That can be good. That can be bad. That can be a blessing. That can be a curse, okay? And that term there, give, good measure, press down, shaken together, and running over, is an old Israel farm term that when the Israelites went to farm their crops or they were even gleaners in the field, they would want to get a good measure. And they would want to uh, uh, press it down. And they want to shake it together. Why? Where they could get more in there. How many of you have ever bought a box of cereal? And you open that thing up and you look in there and you think, they ripped me off. That thing's only half full. You know what happens? It gets shaken down. It settles. But God here, he says, listen, I want to give you a good measure. Press down, shaken together, and running over. So when we think about this here in the kingdom of God, this is the universal law. You give and it will be given back to you. When you plant a seed, the ground will yield a harvest. But think about this. The ground can only yield to me and you as we give to the ground. So what are you planting in the ground today? That's the big question. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Actually, just stay right there first. Let's back up. Go to verse 27 of that same chapter. Luke 6, verse 27. I want you to get Jesus' thoughts here before we jump. He said in verse 27, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. And when I read that a lot of times, I look and think, Jesus got to be kidding. Love your enemies. Once again, I cannot fulfill this without Jesus in my heart. In my natural abilities, I'm not going to love my enemies. I'm not going to do that. Only with Jesus in my heart will I be able to do that. You know, yesterday, uh, Shelly sent me and my granddaughter to, to United to buy a few things. It was hand-to-hand -hand combat there. And when I first walked in, I thought, what is going on? It's a thing called a Super Bowl. I mean, it was nuts. And so I pulled down this aisle to park, and this parking space opens. And I had my blinker on. Usually I don't even do that. I had my blinker on saying, that's my parking space. Well, before I could get into it, this guy comes from this other direction, and he just wheels in there. And when he wheeled in there, I had watched the, the movie the other night, The American Sniper. 
And when he did what he did, everything within me wanted to go. I wanted to wait till he got out and did that. And some of you say, Pastor, are you capable of doing that? Absolutely. You know why? I have a flesh just like you do. And even in this sense, the heart of God's like, just, just let it go. It's okay. It's okay. Just love people, all right? And, and you think about this, and you'll see this throughout the Scripture, how easy it is for us as human beings to harden our heart. I mean, if you're not careful, you leave Walmart or United, one of these, and you're, you're PO'd. You're personally offended. You're mad. And you're hard to, and you want to knock somebody out. So you see the flow of the world. And so when Jesus says this, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. So you're not going to do that on your only, out of your own abilities. Only Jesus in my heart can help me do that. He says, bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. Now this is totally opposite of how the world would work. To him who strikes you on one cheek... Offer the other, and from him who takes away your cloak or your coat, do, with, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Are you kidding me? I look at this, and every time when I read those, understand this. Jesus sets the bar high. But he understood this totally. None of this happens unless he gets into your heart. He keeps on going to say here, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. That ain't no big deal. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, What credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners and they receive much back. And so he's saying here, to love like this, it's it's manifested by a condition of my heart. Even when people insult me. Even when when people do things that, that hurt me. He's saying, listen, the love of God responds different. Verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good and lend. Hoping for nothing in return. Now think about those words right there in that verse that he just gives. He says, love them, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting something in return. Now that last one's almost comical to me. Because for me to do that defies everything within me. Are you kidding, Lord? I'm going to lend to someone... And I don't have to get it back. But when you look at what Jesus is saying here, he's saying it's all about your heart. If you want to live and fulfill the life I've called you, then learn to be a giver and not a taker. So we go all the way back to where we started from in verse 38. Do you know the definition of a Christian is to be Christ-like? And he says give. Give, 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 give. Give love. Give blessing. Give forgiveness. But the gift of giving isn't to get. The reward isn't I get back. You know what I believe Jesus was telling us through all this? The reward I get is a changed heart. I get to live this journey called life 
And I go around being a blessing instead of a taker. And it defies everything within our natural ability. But Jesus right here said, guess what, guys? I'll be the example. Now, this is big for every one of us. That he wants to change our hearts. And our hearts need to be changed. So go with me now to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy 15. And in order to do this, guys, I found I have to do every bit as as unto the Lord. And what I mean by that, if you're doing it for people's sake, you'll always be looking for people to say, thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. But what happens when people don't tell you thank you? Understand, any time I give and I do it as unto the Lord, then the Lord's going to be my reward. The Lord who's the one who sees it. says that he sees those things in secret. He'll reward you openly. But I don't believe still the reward is that we give to get. I believe the reward is I get a changed heart. Now watch in this passage how he mentions the heart. Deuteronomy 15 verse 7. If there's among you a poor man of your brethren with any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother. So think about what he just said. This is, this is the chain reaction. A hard heart leads to a closed hand. Anytime I get a, a hard heart, my hand is going to go like this. I'm not giving nothing. When I have a hard heart toward my spouse, you know what? I'm not going to give nothing. I'm not repenting. I'm not telling you I love you. And some of you say, man, Pastor, you're reading our book right now. This is the, the, the chain reaction that no matter what it is, anytime I harden my heart to the things of God, I'm not going to give love. I'm not going to give honor. Verse 8. But you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Now, when you see the word willingly, Willingly has to do with the heart. If you'll notice, he said you do it willingly. He didn't say, do it if you feel like it. Do it if you got a tingly feeling. Do it if you get goosebumps. No, he said, do it willingly. So the willingly says, I've purposed in my heart today. I'm going to be a lover. I'm going to be a giver. Now watch what God will do. Verse 9. Beware, or at least be a wicked thought, where? In your heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release is at hand. And your eye be evil against your poor brethren, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Now it's interesting that Jesus, through his word here, identifies it as sin among you. Now, you may say, what is that talking about, the seventh year of release? Well, the custom among the Jews was every seven years, whatever debt you had, had to be forgiven. Now, we couldn't do that in America. You know why? We do well enough getting in debt without the seventh year of release. What would happen to us as Americans in the sixth year? We would be going MasterCard crazy. 
charging, 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 charging. But see, in this setting right here, he's talking about a condition of the heart. And so you know how this would look like? Let's just say that, that Ken comes to me in the sixth year, and he said, I need to borrow a thousand bucks. And so when he asked me for that, I look at him, and all of a sudden the thought comes, I'm not giving him a thousand bucks. Because there's a chance I'm going to have to release that in the next year. And I'm not willing to do that. But God said that, that when I have the abilities or the means, and I've been blessed in my life, and I have the opportunity to help someone, but I don't help him, what did he call that? He called it sin. So you know right here, this was a big deal to God. Big deal to him. Verse 10. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved. Now, how many times have we already seen he's dealt with the heart? Several times. And he said, you shall give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved. You know what he's telling us? Don't have giver's remorse. What happens to us as human beings, we're selfish before we give, and then we grieve after we give. And the reason we give after we give because we have this thought. It's mine, 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 mine. And if I get it, or if I give it, I'm never going to get it back. So this locates me real quick because it tells me I don't believe God can take care of me. Because when you read all this passage, God's saying, listen, boy, if you'll do what I've asked you to do, I'm going to take care of you. And so it all comes down to this. A condition of the heart. And so he says, You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when, not if, but when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all you put your hand to do. Now this is incredible uh, a statement right here. This is a huge promise that I understand this. If I'm good to other people, God said, I'm going to bless your work. And God said, I'm going to prosper your hand. And so I have the, 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 the thought here, if I obey what God says, or I truly trust what God says, then I'm going to do it from my heart. I'm going to say, Father God, it's great joy for me today to do this, because I know who you are. I know what your character is. Verse 11. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall open your hand wide to your brother, to the poor and needy in your land. He didn't say, I suggest this, or I highly encourage this. He said, I command you. Now every bit of this, guys, comes back to my heart. If my heart isn't right with God, I'm never going to get a hold of this. But when my heart is right to God, you have the thought, I want to please you, Father God. I want to live from my heart. I want to do this journey for called life through my heart. Same chapter, verse 14. You shall supply him liberally or generously from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. Or he's telling me, whatever your means or your livelihood are, however you make a living, this is what you're to do. From what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. 
You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And every one of us in this room were a slave. A slave to sin. Every one of us. And just as he told the Israelites, remember where you came from. This is what he's telling me. And he goes on to say, and the Lord your God will redeem you. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. The word redeem means he repurchased us. And so God's saying, don't ever forget what I've done for you. And he goes on to say, therefore, I command you this thing today. See, maybe the question today isn't, what's in your wallet? The question today is, what's in my heart? Because before you get born again, you're stingy. You're selfish. It's mine, 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 mine. Think about the first word a child usually says. It's mine. Did you have to teach him that? No. It's just how we're born into this world. But the way I soften my heart and the way I change my heart is I allow Jesus to come in. Now jump with me back to the book of Luke, chapter 18. And we're going to close here in just a second on this, but you've got to see this. This passage right here. See, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And I figure this out in life. I'm not taking none of it with me. I'm blessed to be a blessing. That's what the Lord said in Genesis 12. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Everything I have... I'm blessed to be a blessing. Even when you open the door for someone, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Even when you tell someone, thank you, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I mean, I look at all the things in that video about the little things that we can do on a daily basis, and I personally believe the little things we do are the spices of life. How many times a day do we have an opportunity to be a blessing? And a lot of times we don't jump on that. Luke chapter 18, verse 18. Now a certain ruler asked Jesus, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now right here he wants a reassurance of eternity. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. And that is God. You know the commandments to answer his question. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And so literally, Jesus' reply back to him about receiving eternity, Jesus goes back to the Ten Commandments that are found in Exodus 20. But it's interesting to me that Jesus only lists or answers back five of the ten. And when you look at what Jesus says, the Ten Commandments, guys, were based on the law. Man could never fulfill the law, ever. How do I know that? Because if man could have fulfilled the law of obeying all those commandments, God would have never meant to send Jesus. He wouldn't have had to. But because we couldn't fulfill the law, Jesus came to, to earth. Now how do you get born again? You do a hundred Hail Marys? No. 
But I've been to church. I got a 38-year brownie pin for going to church. No, going to church is a good thing, but it doesn't save you. How do you get born again? You give your heart to Jesus, and Jesus comes on the inside, and you start seeing changes in your life. I personally believe this, that if you've truly and sincerely gave your heart to Jesus, you'll see changes in your life, and people will see changes in your life. If you're not seeing changes in your life, and people aren't seeing changes in your life, then you may have to look at your, your, your heart and say, did I truly get born again? Because if you did, there'll be changes in your life. In other words, when I was a sinner, I liked to sin. And I was a good sinner. And I don't say that boastfully. But when I got born again, something began to happen, and I didn't enjoy sinning. And people began to look and say, there's something different about you. And it isn't you got a new haircut. Something happened in our hearts. And so he responds here to Jesus in verse 22. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. And when I read his response to Jesus, I, I think this guy is he's full of a lot of pride or he's just literally liar, liar, pants on fire. Because I can look at the five that were listed here and I can go and I can put some check, by, check marks by those and said, yeah, I've done a few of those. Now in his life, he can look at them and say, you know what? I've never committed adultery. I've never murdered anybody. And the list goes on and on and on. But he said, I've honored my mother and father. And I look at that and I thought, Dude, you hadn't honored your mother and father every day of your life. With your words and your actions, you're coming across like you're perfect. But look what Jesus' response is to him. And when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. In other words, maybe you've done all those other fives, but there's still one thing in your life that's going to eliminate you. Now look what he said to him. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You know what he's saying? He said, listen, dude. Open up your hand. Open up your heart. But listen to the guy's response here. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. In other words, he said, I, I can't do that. You know why? Because he had a hard heart. And it was as if he was saying, the reason I can't do that is because all my security and all my identity is in the things of this earth. Look at what I got. Look at who I am. So are you saying we shouldn't have anything? Absolutely not. God's not against us having things. He's against us having things having us where they control me. Now we get a little deeper here in this. Verse 24. And when Jesus saw this, he became very sorrowful. And he said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is. Why is that? Keep reading. For it, easier, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I don't know that Jesus was saying judgment here or just an observation. But it doesn't take a nuclear physics major to realize a camel to go through the eye of the needle 
I've tried to take thread before and get it through there. Lick it, spit on it. It may be a man thing. My wife can do it on the first shot. But when Jesus uses this analogy here, he said, it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man. And the camel can't go through the eye of the needle. He's not talking about because of his bad behavior. The reason the camel can't go through the eye of the needle is because of his physical size. And so was Jesus saying here to the man, the reason you can't go through there is you trust more in this physical realm. You trust more in these things called wealth and riches, the things that you're never going to be able to take with you anyhow. Instead of trust in me. And so he goes on to say here in a couple verses, Jesus does. He said, what's impossible with man is possible with me. So literally, you know what Jesus is saying? It will never be possible for man to go through the eye of the needle because none of you will ever be perfect enough. But with me, when you give your heart to me, I change everything. I begin to move in a different way. And it's the same with every one of us in here. It all comes down to the condition of my heart. And that's why I said a minute ago, what's in your heart? And if I can't obey in the area of forgiveness, if I'm judgmental and critical, if I'm always mad about something, I've got to get Jesus in my heart. And I've got to allow Him to start moving. You know, I, I'm 19 years old. Not now. Close. Thank you. God bless you. But as a 19-year-old, I'm, I'm messed up. And I, I remember one night specifically, my routine of, of drinking, being dominated by alcohol. And, and I'm sitting there, and, and I just get to a place over and over where I live in a perpetual state of just being numb, just numbing myself. And I remember that one night that the thought came to me, there's got to be more to life than what I'm doing. Got to be. And I wake up the next morning, and, and I remember pouring another glass of liquor and sitting there, and, and my brother had gotten born again and had begun to speak the things of God over my life. And he had given me a Christian music tape, a guy named Larry Norman. Larry Norman was the original Christian rocker. And he sang a song, and that morning the first song that I hit of the tape he gave me was this song. And it says, sipping whiskey from a plastic cup. You drowned your sorrows till you can't stand up. Take a look at what you've done to yourself. Why don't you put the bottle back on the shelf? And then it said, yellow fingers from your cigarettes. Your hands are shaking while your body sweats. Why don't you look into Jesus? He's got the answer. And I remember that day hearing that. And something began to stir in me. And I began to understand. 
the way I get rid of my pain and my shame and my guilt is I give my heart to Jesus. And I allow Jesus to start living through me. And, and before long, that harshness began to erode. And, and as a sinner, guys, I didn't like people. It didn't bother me to do ugly things to people. But when Jesus came into my heart, something began to change. And I don't want to lie to you and say, man, I just love people immediately. I didn't. But He began to work in me. He began to shape me. And he began to mold me in a way. And, and I think back to all this. A hard heart is because Jesus isn't in there. And Jesus today is saying, I just want your heart again. Why don't you look into Jesus? He's got the answer. And too many times in our life, we look at the things of this world to fulfill only what Jesus can do. Only Jesus can make me happy. And we say, oh no, Pastor, if I just had a wife, I'd be happy. That's what Solomon thought too. That's why he had 750 of them. I don't mean that ugly. I love my wife. But there's things that she can't meet. Only Jesus can. Well, if, if I just had that new car, if I just had a bigger home, if, 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 if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. If, if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. Just a saying. Not judgment, just an observation. But see, once again, it comes back. I found in my own life, the only time I'm truly happy is when Jesus is moving in my heart. And when Jesus is moving in my heart, I open my hand up and I give everything away. It's easy to go through the day and tell people thank you. It's easy to go to the day and, and, and give someone your parking space. It's easy to go through the day and I'm on my way home today and I'll see the little guy down here at the corner selling newspapers. And I'll tell him, I don't want a newspaper. I just want to bless you. I just want to see you go home today. And I'll tell him, thank you for work and God bless you. And they know me now. He'll pull up and he'll say, you're the preacher. And I say, I'm just a man that has a preacher as a title. Just a man that loves Jesus. Just a man that wants to be good to people. And this is where all this leans back to. The reward isn't I don't give to get. The reward is I give to change my heart. And it changes my heart. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.